Well, hello, family. How's everybody doing? Hey, good, good. Hey, I'm excited to continue our series on Ephesians. It's been so good to, to walk through the chapters and, and um, well, I can't say chapters because I haven't made it that far. You know, we always have to stop, right? And so um, today we will finish out a chapter. We'll finish out chapter two. It's going to be good. Um, but I, I'm just excited that we get to take a book of the Bible, uh, comb through it and take it as it is and not cherry pick anything out of it, but just what the text says, that's what we get to, to talk about. And so uh, as always, I'm challenging you to bring your Bibles uh, to church, your physical Bibles to church. Uh, it's okay to write in that Bible. It's okay to highlight in that Bible, put some sticky notes in that Bible. It is okay to do that. Uh, bring it and uh, follow along with us and, and even challenge you as a family, as an individual to read the chapters and the verses that we talk about during the week. Uh, read it, meditate on it, chew on it. Don't take my word for this. Go home and read it for yourself and pray and ask the Lord what he would want you to do, what he'd want you to change or, or how he could comfort you or, or maybe even correct you during this time. And so um, last week as we looked at chapter two in the, in the last, we looked at 10 verses of chapter two, we saw Paul as he's writing to the church at Ephesus that he's painting a picture of reconciliation. It's a picture of, of us being reconciled back to God. And he's, he's, he's coming from the angle of that we were all dead in our sin. He's getting us to go back to those, uh, what we established B.C. days, right? Those before Christ days where uh, the Bible says we were spiritually dead. And that while we were dead and we were following the ways of this world, the Bible is clear. It says that the prince of the power of the air is in control of the world. That's Satan. And we're following that and we're, we're following our flesh, the, the passions of our flesh, the desires of our flesh, those things that are not what God says to do or has for our life. Uh, we read that as we do that and as we're at the lowest of lows and as we're so far away from God that it was in that moment that Christ died for us. That it wasn't when we were close to him. It wasn't when we were acting right and cleaned up and all perfect. But yet while we were still sinning and dead in our sin and far from God and even mad at God, that's when God sent Jesus to die. And that was that but God moment that I used to be this, but now in Christ, I'm a new creation. That the old is gone and the new is here. I am alive in Christ. And it, I don't know about you, but every time I read that and think about that, it, it excites me because the old man is dead, buried in the grave. And when people come looking for that Michael, I said, I don't know where he's at. All right, that's a, he is gone. And so I'm a new creation. And we learned that God did that work in me so that he could work through me, that I was created to do good works in Christ Jesus, and that I'm on mission by God, that he has a plan and a purpose for my life, and that's to bring him glory, honor, praise, and everything that I do, whether it's in word or, de or deed, I do it all for the honor and the glory of God. And so we are called by, as a church and as individuals to look at everything that we do and do it all for his glory, for his honor. It's not mine. It's his honor. And so we see God reconciling us back to himself. He's reconciling his children to himself. And, and that's important for us to know that, that we're not reconciling, reconciling ourselves to God. Like we're not doing any of this. Like this is God doing this to us. Uh, and that we're not, oh, I, I didn't find God or I didn't decide to follow God. No, no, no. All I decided to do was stop going against the current. <laughs> like, I just turned and said, okay, God, 
What do you have for me? And he pulls you in and he draws you in by your spirit. That's why so many times you hear people saying, man, I, I just felt like I was, God was wanting me to do this or drawing me here. Or even in the church, we'll get testimonies of, man, I was driving by and I just, man, something told me to turn in. You know, that's God pulling you in. And so maybe for you today, you're, you know, you're here because maybe somebody invited you or you saw something on social media, but that was just a tool that God used. He's drawing you to himself today. And so don't think for one minute that you're in this place saying, I'm going to find God today. No, no, no. He, he's drawing you to himself. It's not about you. It's about him and his plan and his purpose for your life. And so I would just say, don't fight it. Don't, don't go against the current. Just get in the canoe and go with the current, and God's going to draw you to himself. And so we see this picture of, of reconciliation, uh, and, and this reconciliation does not stop. Actually, as we continue through these verses in chapter 2, we see another type of reconciliation. The first 10 verses are, are what you could call a, a vertical reconciliation. It's where we are reconciled to God, it's this way. But then, as you'll see, Paul, he flips a switch and he starts talking about reconciliation this way. And so, notice today that reconciliation runs this way, but it also runs this way. And this horizontal reconciliation. And so, we're going to see in our text today of how we can not only be reconciled to God, but we can be re reconciled to one another. And so it's a beautiful picture here, and we're going to read the 11 through 22. We're going to read it all at once, and then we'll circle back and we'll break it, uh, break it down and let the Lord speak to us. And so since we do have such a, a beautiful passage we get to read all at once, why don't you do me the honor of standing? We're going to honor the Lord through the, through the reading of the Word today. And so we're going to stand as you grab your Bibles and you go to Ephesians chapter 2. And, and as you get to Ephesians chapter 2, go to verse 11. I'll give you a minute to get there. It's about 80% through your Bible there. Go past the Gospels and some Romans and some Corinthians and Galatians and you'll get there. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start reading in verse 11. If you have that word and you're ready to read, say let's go. All right, here we go. This is Paul to the church. He says, therefore, because of all that, therefore... Remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh were called the uncircumcision by what is called circumcision. And we'll talk about what that means. Which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, there's another but God statement right there. But now, in Christ Jesus, who, you who were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself, that's Jesus, is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in a place of two, so making peace. Verse 16. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility and he came and he preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom this whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are being built together into a dwelling place for God 
by the Spirit. Father, we thank you for this word that's alive and it's active. God, it is your, your word, your breath inspired. You inspired these men to write this. This is not some other regular book I can find at the library. This is your word. It is life. It is a lamp. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that it would open our eyes. I pray, Lord, that it would correct us, it would comfort us, it would encourage us. I, Lord, we just submit to it today. We submit to this word. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, you can be seated today. So get the picture that Paul's painting. He's painting this picture of this tension that is starting to happen that he's hearing about in the church. And it's this tension of two people groups. And I think that it's important for us to realize that when, when Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, the church at Ephesus was primarily a Gentile church. And so Gentile meaning the nations, people that weren't Jewish. And so as you uh, talk about the corporate church and multiple churches, the big C church, you're going to have churches that were predominantly Gentile, some that had Jews and Gentiles, some that were just Jewish and they had converted over. Uh, for our context today, I don't think anybody that I know of is, is, is Jewish. So we're all Gentiles uh, converted over to this faith. And so, uh, so Paul's writing because there's a tension in the air. There's division in the church. And so he's writing to them to let them see not only who they are as an individual in Christ, but who they are as a church in Christ. And so he's painting this picture of, of, of um, unity in Christ, not only among a sinner now becoming a saint, but among race and among people groups and among different backgrounds and different cultures and, and different languages that they can all be reconciled to God. And these Gentiles, this is huge to them. Because the Bible says they were once without hope, as we just read, that they were cut off from God. Well, that's because God chose to use the Jewish people to usher in the presence of the Lord and to bring forth salvation and bring forth Jesus. And so, and so these Gentiles who are now uh, brought in, they're like, they're excited, they're happy. But they're also a group of people called the Jews, and not all of them are on board. There's some tension there. And this tension is not just surface level tension. This tension runs deep. The hatred and the bitterness and, the, and all the, the, the racial divide is deep. It's not surface level. And so we're going to see how these two groups can be reconciled together. And, the, and Paul refers to them, the uncircumcised and the circumcised. That is talking about Jews and Gentiles. And so the, the Jews being the circumcised and the Gentiles being the uncircumcised. And, and, and that was a derogatory term when you said uncircumcised. That's why David would say, you uncircumcised Philistine. You know, it was, a, it was like a racial slur. But that was how they uh, talked to each other. That's how they classified each other. And so Jews being God's chosen people and the Gentiles just being everybody else. It was, you're a Jew or you're a Gentile. You're a, a God's chosen people that he's going to use all the way through Abraham when he said, I'm going to bless the nations because of you. I'm going to give you the nations and, and you're going to be blessed. That, that Jewish line and then everybody else, all the other tribes, tongues, nation, all those people were just Gentiles. That word means nations. And so you've got those two groups there. And uh, we can easily, as we begin to dive into this, I want your mind to go there because we're not... We're not right now talking about Jews and Gentiles. Like the church isn't divided among Jews and Gentiles and even in the world. We're, we don't view people as we're the church and everybody else is, is Gentiles. But I, I think that the easy parallel would be for us to say the church and the unchurched. 
or the church and the world, right? And so as we talk about this and we see uh, what they were dealing with, let your mind go to that, our current situations of this is the church and then we have everybody else and we have the world. And so this uh, division uh, mainly was initiated from the Jews, Uh, This hatred, if you will, was mainly initiated from the Jews. And it goes so deep because um, the Gentiles uh, in the Gentile nations, they were constantly conquering the Jewish people and taking over Jewish territory. And every time they would be conquered, uh, that they would bring with them their pagan gods and their beliefs and their cultural systems. And so they would um, impose that on the Jewish nations. And so time and time again, they were getting conquered and they were getting defeated. And so they're they're tired of of having to bow down to another god. They're tired of the pressure that these nations were opposing on them. And so in, in this, they were like, I'm tired of this. And so they began to stand up and they began to build a wall. Physically and spiritually, they would build this wall and say, no, 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 we are right, we know the way, and you are wrong. And this pride in their life took root, and it became bitterness, and it became hatred towards other people. And so they they were tired of, you know, of their gods, of of the true God uh, being tore down and burned, and these pagan gods rolled in, and so they started going on the defense and building walls and saying, no, no, no. You're not coming in here. You're not doing this. But in the middle of all that, they developed hatred and bitterness and pride. And so we see as we go on to this that, that this was deep. So deep that the Jewish people, their view of Gentiles, I can't even compare it. Like we, we would, some, some would say that, that racism is deep in our country, but this doesn't even compare to what we see. Some would say our, our country is divided, our world's divided. This doesn't even compare. You cannot fathom the things that they would say about these people, the tension that was there. Matter of fact, some Jews were recorded saying this. They said that, that God only created Gentiles to keep hell hot. That they were just stoking the fire. That's the only reason God created anybody that wasn't Jewish, was to keep hell hot. The hatred and division was so intense that let's say that you're a Jewish woman and you come across a Gentile woman that's in labor and it's an emergency situation and and she needs your help. A Jew would not help that Gentile because they didn't want to be held responsible for bringing another Gentile into the world. That's how this hatred would be. If a, a Jew would marry a Gentile, not only would it be their wedding day, it would also be their funeral. That's how deep this hatred ran. And, and I, maybe the only thing I could probably think to compare it to would be uh, the extremists in the Middle East and, and the terrorist groups and how they hate America. Maybe that would come close a little bit, but this was so um, deeply rooted in racism and division and hatred and bitterness. And so this is the group that Paul's talking to. They're so divided among so many things. And, and as I told you to draw that parallel in, in your mind to current day things, it would be easy to, to draw a parallel of uh, are you black or are you white? Are you vaccinated or unvaccinated? Is he your president or he's not your president? Like There are so much current things that divide us as a people. The world aims for us to be divided. And so we see that this hostility was so real in first century Rome, in the the first century. Matter of fact, 
First century Rome in history is recorded, not, in the, like, not just the Bible, but it is recorded in history that first century Rome was the, the, known as the, the century of suicide because the Bible says there was no hope. And not only that, it was the century of infanticide where they would kill infants and abortion. It was marked in history because they were so hopeless And so we see here this tension, this hatred between the nations, between the Jews and the Gentiles. And ironically, as you probably know now on the other side of the Bible, you now know that God's plan all along was for that Jewish nation, the Jewish people, to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, to the very people in which they hate. And so we see the Jews who have hated the Gentiles so much, they built up this spiritual barrier or this physical barrier around them, and they've closed themselves off in an effort to protect themselves from the world, to protect them from coming in and invading them. They've created this safe space to to keep everything in, and consequently they kept their light in instead of going out and preaching the gospel. So they built a barrier when God had called them to build a bridge to go to the world, to preach the gospel, that they can be reconciled to God, that those Gentiles are not too far gone. And church, if we're being honest today, it's so easy for us as the church to build up the barriers, to build up the walls, to create a safe place so that the things of this world don't come in, so that they don't want us to compromise or compare or comply or, or so we don't get canceled. We, 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 we build up a wall. And we build up a barrier and say, you're not coming in here. And consequently, when we do that, we can keep our light in instead of letting our light shine out. And so I just believe today that God called us not to build a barrier, but to build a bridge to the world so that our light can go to the world, so that we can let them know that they're not too far gone, that we are a hospital for the hurting, that they can come in and be reconciled back to God. And that's what Paul is telling them that you can have reconciliation among race and among people and among cultures, that, that there's no more divisions, that in Christ he has tore down the dividing wall of hostility. Yeah, and so, and so we're going to see that today. We're going to see God's plan of how is this going to happen? How is he going to make this possible? Because if we're being honest in our minds and our flesh, we're like, this is not possible. We, uh, that person... That person did this to me. That person did that to me. That person believes this way, thinks this way. And I'm always going to have that bad blood with that person. I'm always going to have that beef with that person. I'm always going to have that division with that person. But, but Paul's telling, no, 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 you can be reconciled in Christ. You can be together. And let's see how he does it. Verse 13 of this, of this chapter is the key verse. We'll start with that, and then I'll give you my title. Verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus You who were far off, once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That brought near is that reconciliation. And how did that reconciliation happen? By the blood of Christ. And so the title, as you see in your notes today, is Only by the Blood. That there are things in this world that can only happen by the blood of Jesus Christ or because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That not only did the blood of Jesus Christ save me and cleanse me of my sins, but the blood of Jesus Christ broke down barriers and walls, and it made a way when there was no way. It reconciled me to people. It reconciled me back to God. And so we see that it's only by the blood that we can overcome any divisions among us. It's only by the blood. And so uh, the reason of that 
is because at the heart of every division, the heart of everything that separates us, the heart of everything that makes us hate somebody is a sin issue or a spiritual issue. And it's the blood of Christ that paid the price for that sin that conquered every demon in hell and every scheme of the devil. And so it's the blood of Christ. And so Paul's showing them that their bad blood between others has been reconciled by the blood of Christ. And so let's, let's start at verse 13. As we just read verse 13, the blood of Christ brought reconciliation. I think that's, we need to establish that today. That's the theme of everything we're going to talk about. The blood of Christ brought reconciliation. That it is possible that we all have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see, as a, as a people, as a group, as an organization, as a movement, whatever it is, that you cannot bring reconciliation to, to race, to family, to politics, to social justice. There's no human effort that'll make it possible. It will fail every single time. It's only by the blood that we can be redeemed and so that we can be reconciled. And so anything outside of Christ will remain divided. As good as it might sound, as promising as it might be, it will fail every single time aside from the blood of Christ. We, church, are the only organization, the only movement that can bring reconciliation among race and among people and among cultures because we are under the blood of Christ. We are one in Christ Jesus. And so we see that division among people has always resulted in things like the shedding of blood. I mean, we see that from the beginning of time. You go back to Cain and Abel. They were divided, and so Cain killed Abel. We see wars and countries having civil wars and all the way down to, to people in power shedding blood of their own people. Like We see that division has always brought the shedding of blood. And so God says unity of mankind can only be brought through the shedding of blood. If, 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 it's, if shedding of blood causes division, well, the shedding of blood is going to cause unity. And we see that that only comes through the gospel message that Jesus died, he shed his blood. One man died so that we can be reconciled together. And so it's by his blood we are reconciled. It's not stay out. It's not, no, 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 you can't worship here. It's not, no, 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 you're too messed up, you're too jacked up. No, 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 you, you look different. Or no, no, I know what you did last. No, no, no. It's come and be reconciled to God. Come on, we, I, was all, I was once a sinner too. I was once far from him, but God. And so we offer that but God moment to everybody. We're not building barriers. We're building bridges to reconcile people back to himself. And so then, in this theme of reconciliation, Paul goes on to talk more about reconciliation through the blood. He says in verse 14, it says, For he himself, that's Jesus, he is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. And so the blood of Christ has brought peace. It's brought peace. By the blood, we have peace. This is, this is a big statement for Paul. Remember the tension in the room. Remember what he's saying. Remember the hatred and the bitterness and the jealousy in the past and what they've done. He's telling these two groups that they can forget the old, that that was then, but this is now, that you can have peace. You can have peace with Jesus. You can have peace with, these, with each other, and it's only possible through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ not only made peace, the Bible says he is peace. That he is. That's, that's good for us to know today. That when we're going through something and we need peace, we don't have to turn to anything else. Jesus is our peace. 
Jesus is our peace. And so anything that the world offers, anything that brings satisfaction, anything that brings temporary peace will not sustain. It will not last. The Bible is clear. Jesus is our peace. And so if you want peace in the world, as we all do, among race, among cultures, it will only happen when we unite under the blood of Jesus Christ, when we unite in Christ. And so the church is the only place that we can find peace because we're in Christ. We're in Christ. And so Jesus, he says, he broke down the dividing wall of hostility. That was a literal wall in the temple. In the temple where, the, where they would go to worship, there was a wall that the, if you were not Jewish, you could not go past. And so the sign would say something about, if you're a Gentile, you can't, you got to stop. And so there literally was a wall. And so when Paul said he has broken down the wall of hostility, they knew exactly what he was talking about, that they could get close to God because they could enter into the holies of holy, that they too are worthy of the name Christian and of saint, to be a member of God's household. And so we, we see that the world and religion and all that will try to divide us. It'll try to build up a wall. And if we're not careful, even in our own life, we will build up a wall around ourselves and only associate with certain people and have nothing to do with other people. But I would just challenge you today, who is it that's outside your wall? Who is it that you've cut off? Maybe a family member, a coworker, a friend. Maybe there's some bad blood there. Can I just let you know that something you already know, Jesus died for them too? And in, in an effort for you to maybe protect yourself, you've actually cut them off. And what if God was to get a hold of them? What if they were finally to turn and not go against the current and they're looking for somebody who has peace? They're looking for somebody who has the answer. They're looking for that man of God or that woman of God. And they don't know that it's you because you built up a wall. And so God, God died, Jesus died for those people outside. So don't, so don't rebuild that which God has already broken down. Don't rebuild the wall when God has already broken down that wall. Let's build that bridge to reach those people. The world is divided enough. Satan's goal has always been to divide. But it is the, we are the church and so we don't divide. We don't build up walls. We build bridges to reach those people. So we see that the blood brought reconciliation. It brought peace. And then he continues with 15 and 16. He says, By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two. So no longer Jew or Gentile. One new man. So making peace and reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So... The blood of Christ brought a new humanity. The blood of Christ brought a new humanity. God knew that there would be people from every tribe, tongue, language out there in the world. He created them. He knew that. And he knew when you have people in their flesh, being humans, and there are people that look different than you, that act different than you, that speak a different language than you, that there's going to be barriers, there's going to be divisions. And so he said, he said, in Christ, Paul's telling them, you're no longer Jew or Greek or slave or free. We read it in Galatians. It says, in Galatians chapter 3, it says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male or female. You are all one in Christ. And if you are in Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And so we're seeing that God has created a new bloodline, a new man, a new humanity, a new race. 
and it's found in Christ that the division among us, the racial division among us is not a skin issue, it's a sin issue. The racial division among us is not a skin issue, it's a sin issue. And that sin can only be reconciled through the blood of Christ. And so don't get so caught up in in getting a part of a group of somebody that's trying to reconcile and bring unity if it's not involving the blood of Christ. Because it's only the blood of Christ that will unite us. And Paul is clear. Jesus is clear. The words are clear that in Christ you're a new creation. You're a new creation in Christ. And so we see here that we're a new people, a glorious community. People from various backgrounds, various pasts, people that that look different, talk different than us, and we might not even agree on everything. But just because we don't agree doesn't mean we lose our unity. What divides us is not greater than what unites us. And so we're united in Christ Jesus. We're a new humanity. Jesus killed the hostility. He killed that hostility. And so Christ died to take on that hatred and that division and that disgust that we in the flesh have for other people. And so we see that. We see that we're a new creation in him and united in Christ. And I love what 1 Peter says as he reiterates this. He says, but you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What's that race? What's that priesthood? What's that nation? What is he talking about? It's that new creation in Christ, that we are now one in him. It only happens as we're in Christ. And so we see that not only do we have reconciliation, we have peace, and we have a new humanity. But then in verse 19, it says, So then, because of this, so then, you're no longer strangers, no longer aliens. He's he's talking about how they once were alienated, remember? In the first, he said, no, no longer but you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God. So what's he saying? He's saying the blood of Christ has brought a new family, a new family. That in Christ Jesus, you can have a new family. And that we're your family. We're all broken. We're all sinners. We all mess up. But you can be a part of this. That you don't have to look a certain way, dress a certain way. It doesn't matter what your last name is. You can have a new family. The reality is, is in the room today, it's Probably the case for some is that you're looking for a new family. Your earthly family is dysfunctional. Your earthly family is broken. It's jacked up. Maybe for you, your earthly family has abandoned you, written you off. They're too far gone. They always mess up. I'm done with them. I'm tired of them. But Christ says you can come and be a part of a new family. That we're all sinners in need of a Savior. They were all jacked up. They're all messed up. But... So we're a new family. And guess what that means? Family is messy because we're messy and we're complicated. But it's okay. We established a long time ago that we choose messy over easy any single day. We all have problems. And so that's why, that's why in this new family we call people brothers and sisters. You know, you always wonder, why do they call somebody brother Michael or, or sister so-and-so? And what, what's up with that? It's not just to be cute or to be religious. We mean it. In Christ, we're brothers and sisters. You have a new family. So there's no walls here, there's no barriers here, there's bridges. We're welcoming you. And the reason that we're talking about this today is because if we're going to establish as a culture for Cornerstone that we're going to abide by the, by the Word 
And we're not going to build barriers. We're going to build bridges. And we're going to be this place where those who are far from God can come. Then we as the church have to prepare ourselves for who God's going to send through those doors. People that maybe you have a past with. Maybe at some point they stabbed you in the back. Maybe they did you wrong. There's going to be people that come in here that you know their business. You know what they do. You know what they're about. And can you, as a follower of Christ, welcome them in and say, you can find Jesus too. Come, you can have an encounter with Christ too. What what divides us is not greater than what unites us in this moment. That's the culture that, that Jesus is creating at Cornerstone Church is that we can tear down the wall of hostility, break down the barriers, and we can all come. We can all come. I I see the day where God breaks down the barriers among denominations, where we can all unite in one in Jesus Christ, because denominations can divide us sometimes. And so we want to unite in Christ, be that new creation. There's no walls here. Then he goes on to say, as we close, in verse 20, he says, "...built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets." This is talking about the church. We're built on the foundation of the the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. We believe it so much, we named our church that. And in whom the whole structure is being joined together. Watch this. And it's growing into a holy temple. Not a holy huddle. It's a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you, 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 in him, you, we're all being built together into a dwelling place for God by His Spirit. That when we unite, when we come together with the Spirit of God living in us, and we unite together, then we become a dwelling place. The blood of Christ, the last point here, is it brought a new temple. There's a new temple. We don't have to worship God from afar. We don't have to have divisions among us. But there's a new place to worship. And it's called the church. And it's not limited by walls, by an address. We are the church. And and as we gather together in unity, laying aside our differences, all of a sudden something supernatural happens. It becomes the dwelling place, the manifest presence of the Lord. He will come and enthrone himself among the praises of his people. And so church, you want to see revival, you want to see a move of God, you want to see things happen in our community, it will not happen as long as we're divided. God is waiting for a people who will lay aside their differences, who will look at the world not as a mistake, but as a mission field, who will look at the world as a people that are not lost and too far gone, but as a search and rescue that I'm on mission by God to go and get them and to pull them in, that they too can be reconciled. The moment that we strive for unity in the blood of Christ is the moment that God comes and He grows this thing. He grows us as a, in our faith. He grows us as a church. And we become a dwelling place for God. And so the challenge for us as we close is this. Who's outside your circle? Where have you built up barriers in your life? Where have you written people off? Who is it? I would challenge you to do this right here, is ask the Lord, God, who is it that I turned away from and abandoned when you were calling me to reach them? And I promise you the Holy Spirit will show you in this moment. 
If we want to be the church that Jesus is building, there are no barriers. There are no walls. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Church, we are the answer. There is no other solution. No one else is coming. Jesus came. He died. His blood was shed. It is the answer. It is the answer of every issue you have in life. It is the issue, answer of every political issue in this world, every cultural issue in this world. It is the answer. And so as we close today, I want to challenge you with that, to, to, to seek the Lord and ask Him, what, what am I doing that's dividing? What am I doing that's causing a barrier between me and someone else? I want to build a bridge. And as you submit to building that bridge today, God is going to use you. But not only that, in this room today are people that, there's a barrier between you and God because you built one. You thought God was mad at you. You thought that you had to act a certain way, dress a certain way. You thought you had to do certain religious things before you could approach God. But today the word is clear. That barrier has been torn down by the blood of Jesus Christ and it is now a bridge to you that you could come to him. Those who were far off, we all once were far off dead in our sins, but now we're alive in Christ. And that same encounter can happen to you today. And so as we bow our heads and we close our eyes, we're going to reflect on maybe somebody we built a barrier around, or maybe it's the barrier we built ourselves and it's keeping us from Christ. Either way, we're going to tear them down today. As you're reflecting in this moment with your heads bowed, eyes closed, so you can focus in on what God is saying to you, I want to talk to some people in the room today that they built up that barrier. Maybe for some, the church built up that barrier. And religion got in the way. And people who call themselves Christians, call themselves the church, they, they wrote you off. They hurt you. They built up that barrier and said you can't come in. Today is the day that Christ breaks down that barrier of religion and shows you that it's about relationship, that he wants a relationship with you. And in this moment, there's no other greater desire. God wants a relationship with you. He wants you to be near to him, close to him, to learn from him, to take his ways on. Don't carry the burden of this world. He says his yoke is easy. His burden is light. And so in this moment today, if you're being honest with yourself, honest with me, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. This step of faith does not save you. The Bible is clear that you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. And when you believe that and confess that, then you shall be saved. But this right here is something that will help you ignite your faith and it allows me to see who I'm praying for today. If you're in this room today and you're just being real, this is a raw moment. Michael, I'm far from him. I don't feel him. I don't hear him. I don't know what it's like to feel the love of my heavenly father, to feel the peace that you say Jesus is. In this moment, I'm stopping going against the current and I'm submitting to what God has for my life. Today is my day. I'm giving my life to Christ. If that's you, would you lift up your hands and say, that's me. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I see your hand. I see your hand. 
Anybody else? Today's my day. I see your hand. Anybody else? Today's my day. Giving my life to him. I see you in the back. Yes. As quietly as you can all over this house, we're going to stand together. We're going to stand in it. And now as we have reflected, we go into a time of response. And this is a time where we can respond to what God just did in our life. Maybe for you, you he showed you those barriers. He showed you those people. And maybe you just need to repent. Get before the Lord and repent and say, I'm sorry, and confess those sins and, and walk out a new creation. You can do that. You can, the altars will be open. You can find a place. Our prayer team will be in place along the side walls. They can pray with you. They're here for you. They're especially here for those people that raised their hand or should have when they gave their life to Christ. You can confess to them. You can be the first person, the first people you tell that, hey, I'm giving my life to Christ. They're going to celebrate with you. But not only that, they're going to give you resources, a new believer's guide, a Bible, and they're going to pray for you. And they're going to build that connection with you. Don't do this alone. Do not do this faith journey by yourself. And lastly, our way to respond is simply lifting our hands and worshiping. Unified in Christ, a new creation in Him. No more division among us. We're now unified by the blood, and we worship that way. And so, Father, we thank you for this moment right here. We thank you, God, that we get to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you that we are a new creation in Christ, a new race, a new humanity. We thank you there's no longer any divisions among us, that the moment that we come in relationship with you, we are one. We are one, God, one with you and one with each other as Jesus prayed. That was his desire. And so, Father, we're one today. God, we thank you for those people that are coming into the kingdom of God today. Lord, we thank you that you tore down the barrier that they can approach you today, that they can receive salvation, they can receive healing, they can receive restoration, they can be equipped to walk out this life, this spiritual journey. They can be equipped for battle to fight off the schemes of the devil. That Lord, thank you that you give them your Holy Spirit. And your word is clear that that spirit is greater than any spirit in this world, that they're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We thank you for that, Lord. And now as a new creation, Father, we worship you today. We worship you in spirit and in truth and we just ask holy spirit would you come come in this place and do a mighty work in jesus name we pray come on can you say amen